Did you mess up that timing? <laughs> I did. No, I... Th- well, I started when you said recording. Think, <laughs> is there an Olympics happening? So. Is that what's happening here? Uh, yeah. God yes, damn it's it, a winter Microsoft. Olympic. I hate you so much. It has a little. It has a little counter <laughs> on my computer next to like you know the time and date and all my little my little app buttons. It has a little counter mm-hmm. with the U.S. flag and what I assume will be the amount of <laughs> medals we win, which I don't give a fuck about, and I don't know how to get it off of my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to get it off because I do not give a fuck um... about the Olympics. Okay, but the Winter Olympics are the I best still Olympics. still do not care. I saw a video. I have not watched any because I work <laughs> at night and I also don't watch the Olympics. But <laughs> um, I saw a TikTok where this guy, I don't know if he was snowboarding or skiing, but he like got KO'd. He hit something and he hit his head and he was knocked the fuck out and he just <laughs> slides down the rest of the oh, damn. That's <laughs> it was limp suck. and like <laughs> and they just film him just ragdolling it down the rest and everybody on the sidelines is just like watching him like brutal not everybody get up <laughs> to go help him all at once <laughs> god so now I kind of wish I did watch the Olympics because can you imagine no. watching that in real time? <laughs> <laughs> I actually would have hated it. That I thought he was dead. <clears throat> All right, so you, you you have you have a thing. I have a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so professional and put together. Okay. So, we are going to do a most to least K-pop edition. It's always K-pop edition. <laughs> um, since I had to do the last one, you have to do this one. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Show's really hitting a breaking point. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, fine. Edit that out. We're going to do a most to least, obviously okay. K-pop, and... We have Monster X. Oh, I gotta figure out who the members of Monster X are. <laughs> and this is also including oh, great. Wano. The only one, the only one that matters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's no longer technically in the group, which means that they are no longer a group, in my opinion. What happened? But um, he was accused. I think it has something to do with weed. Hell yeah. That's there were so like dumb. allegations. That makes him a hundred times cooler. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it they ended up being false or like he never got like convicted of anything, but they still kicked him out. Okay, okay. It's fine. He's making hot sexy music now. Anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> this is most to least to enjoy thigh writing. And it's <laughs> The person doing the writing. You want to run that by me again? To... <laughs> I would love to. Um, most to least to enjoy thigh writing. Okay. And this is <laughs> uh, the writer. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
You're gonna you know, no, buy writing. No, I don't. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> please explain for me. I think and the audience <laughs> what in God's name you're talking about. Okay, so you know how you have a thigh. Very aware. Right. Okay. Um. <clears throat> now. This is what I'm assuming they're talking about. It could be some new young hip lingo that I'm not part of. <laughs> but what I think <laughs> this is is um gonna, <clears throat> gonna go into incognito you know, mode before I start typing thigh writing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like writing somebody's thigh. Like as a tattoo? What is happening? What what is going I'm still I'm still very confused. Riding, like ride a horse, like you're you're riding oh. somebody's thigh. Oh. <laughs> like uh. a tattoo. <laughs> I thought you were saying we have writing, nothing in our brains, like <laughs> like writing words. <laughs> no wonder this fucking like, this I- Google search is gotten me nowhere in terms of understanding. (laughs) (laughs) I like to explain it because it's in the name. Now that I've (laughs) typed it in, (laughs) you know how Google does that automatic guess thing? Yeah. The first thing that came up was thigh riding 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a big thing? I don't know. Really showing off how little I know. Uh, okay, okay, okay. All right, thigh riding, and they are they yeah. are the rider. Yes. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> how many members are there? Six. Uh, six. Well, this right, there's six, but this will be with seven. Gotcha. Because there's six now. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, so I'm I'm judging this entirely by face, uh, for the most part. <laughs> okay, I'm interested in what you're going to come up with. Then <laughs> most, I'm 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 looking here at uh, Hyungwon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that that those eyes, those are the those are the eyes of a thigh rider if I've ever seen one. I. <laughs> I, you know that look in somebody's eye when they like to ride thighs. Yeah, you know the face. We've all seen the face. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, number two, number two, our our boy mm-hmm. Shonu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, number three, Kihun. I'm not gonna. Dignify that with an explanation. Okay. <laughs> uh, number four, uh, based solely on name alone, Jew Honey. <laughs> <laughs> Jew Honey will hunt it. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> then our boy Wanho. Yeah. Then Minhyuk, and last I am. Okay. <laughs> How did I do? Was I correct? 
Well. Please verify. <laughs> no. You got one right. God damn. <laughs> um, so, first. <laughs> Tell me, who is the source on first this? First, we, we have. Get a source? Yeah, no, I got you. It's Smoshy uh, <laughs> Fan Trash. <laughs> That's who <laughs> we're using. <clears throat> and so they have, from most to least, Minhyuk. <laughs> so Wow, really? Already. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Number one. And then I am. <laughs> Seriously, I was I was entirely backwards. It's just so backwards. Oh my god. But you got the next one right, which was Kihyun. Yes. Got that one right. Um, the next we have Wanho. And then I mean, we I have Arjuani. Right? I was one no. off. I was one Did off. you? I was one off. You were one off on that mm. one. You, yeah. <laughs> you had like the middle three like close. And then it's <laughs> Young One <laughs> and Shonu. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, um, if anything I can say today, I learned what thigh writing is. <laughs> <laughs> that was so hard for not a good reason. You're a linguist. You're supposed to explain uh, things to me. I didn't know where the communications breakdown was happening. <sighs> I'm back. Let's do this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen okay. and non-binary Hi. friends. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Das K Papital. Part two of our <laughs> epic saga tracing the life and times of future serial killer <laughs> Seven. <laughs> oh. But first, we have to talk really about music. But we're already going way over, so uh, you go first. You had K-pop. What is your K-pop rec? I don't know. Oh my god. Hold on. I spent so long <laughs> You go first. You go first. Okay. So, as someone who has historically been called a hipster, uh, <laughs> as soon as the song came out a couple days ago, I had I, I had to pick it. Uh, and that is uh, Stay Soft by Mitski. She's so good. She is so good. So good. I get it. She doesn't. She. Mm. She don't miss. She. If I want to sob, <laughs> I'm gonna listen <laughs> to Mitski. That's just what's gonna happen. Like she always takes me there. <laughs> she <laughs> every single time. She's the POC version of Phoebe Bridger. <laughs> she, oh. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Well, that is a great choice. Thank you. 
I'm glad you um I also listen to things. <laughs> um okay, I'm gonna be honest with everybody. I'm gonna be honest with our with our listeners. Jesus. I have <laughs> I have mostly been listening to Kyle's new album <laughs> that just came out. Uh, oh, Kyle. <laughs> it's it's really good. Um, so I, I've been a little lax on the K-pop. <laughs> but um, just frantically trying to pull myself together. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. No, I have one. Um, <laughs> so great. great. <laughs> <laughs> it is called You Can't Sit With Us. No! <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> I already had one picked out. Soon me? I'm so dumb. From last year? Okay. <laughs> that was the one that I was going to go with when I was throwing myself together. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Hyolin just dropped a new song. Oh, it's like feeling, feeling something? Laying low? So, I can't remember. Yeah. Like, but the music video was... Lay in low with Ju Young. Which is like, I think this is like the second. I was. And she said, I was not laying low. It. You know what I mean. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, can you describe it for me? I also don't understand thigh riding. <laughs> I have to stay up for another five hours and do phone classes. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. We're all doing great. We're very put together. This is going to be probably our best episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kyolin's Laying Low is a good song. Good vibes. You were just talking to me right before that song came out. You you sent that uh, that Twitter thing <laughs> about how oh, yes. you just need more slutty K-pop. <laughs> I asked, and, and then Hyolin always delivers. <laughs> she said, "I got you, girl. We got your, <laughs> you got your stripper anthems over here." Oh, she's so hot. Remember when Dolly came out? That remember when Sistar was still together? <laughs> <laughs> the good old days, man. I miss them. But okay, yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Thank I'm you. Glad you were able to pull it together before <laughs> just. Absolutely gonna give up. Send <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> okay. When we left, left our heroes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Last time on Singles Inferno, <laughs> a new dude had just shown up. He's hot. <laughs> a mysterious tattooed muscle man. <laughs> He has so many muscles. With a dark past. <laughs> Doesn't have a dark <laughs> A shameful secret he's been hiding from everyone. <laughs> My former partner. So at the very <laughs> at the very end of that episode, um some some shit happened and the new people mm-hmm. were allowed to pick one person to go on a boat ride with. Yes. 
and the mysterious tattooed stranger chose Gia. Yeah. Bum bum bum. <laughs> Suman chose Catface. Minji chose the Joker. <laughs> and that went awful. <laughs> that was. It was like. How do I describe this? It was like watching two people just take a bunch of morphine for the first time and then have to interact. <laughs> it was so bad. It's so awkward. I wanted to like cringe skip it because I was like, I can't. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> she was just being like a normal person. And then he was like, oh, I don't listen to normal things. And I I hate video games. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a hard conversation but he made it so hard it's it's so easy to fake your way through that right it's it's like it's impossible to be a person under the age of 30 in korea and just not know what league of legends is even just through through like ambient cultural osmosis you know what the (laughs) fuck it is and he just he (sighs) And he could not do it. He couldn't. He couldn't do it at all. But old girl still liked him, which is beyond me. That was the weirdest part. That was the, that was the strangest bit. That was, yeah. I, I didn't understand why she still was like, yes, he's the one. Uh, so immediately after the outing, Muscles takes, takes Gia away for a talk. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. They eat ramen. <laughs> that ramen did look good. <laughs> that was when they had the and crabs, then, right? Uh, our, yeah, and yeah. then our boy sweater vest also decides to go for a little walk with Gia. <laughs> Everyone in this show is focused on <laughs> Gia for reasons beyond my comprehension. I don't like. Get I thought it. she was hot when it started, but then she just talks, and it's just nothing. It's just, it's just emptiness. I want to support women, but I also want to. Sp- support reality and like (laughs) i love i love that she's doing her thing and all that kind of stuff but like i (laughs) i don't understand the fascination i don't get it uh some more note shit happens and it's not important nor is it interesting uh then the next morning we finally have a different challenge (laughs) we have a pit yes (laughs) 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 got a pit Filled with, once again, knee-high water, because that's all we can do. And it's basically a free-for-all. This is a mud wrestling. All the dudes have to get in, and if you get thrown out of the ring, you're out. <laughs> it's a very sophisticated... <laughs> uh... Clearly well thought out. Absolutely. Uh... <laughs> Very well tested. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, unsurprisingly, well, actually, in the beginning, surprisingly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Muscles Muscles is like, okay, I'm going for sweater vest. He's clearly the weakest among us. <laughs> he barely has a six pack. I'm going to take him out very quickly. And then he turns his back on everyone else and gets his shit rocked. <laughs> <laughs> he got taken out. Uh I did feel a little vindicated, though, for for our sweater vest boy, because <laughs> as soon as, like, he saw, like, the pit and they announced what was happening, you could see the light <laughs> just 
come out of his eyes. just like, I am so fucked yet again. <laughs> Damn it. But then when he wasn't the first one out, I was so happy for him. Yeah. That was good. That was very nice because he literally just walks up to him and is like, everyone out of my way. <laughs> I loved it. And he just looked so, like, befuddled when he was, like, sitting out. Like, really? I'm... <laughs> this just happened to me? Ugh, so good. <laughs> Um, but of course, with muscles out of the way, it's a clear shot. We all know who's gonna win. The mysterious tattooed stranger with a dark past. Hottie makes hot <laughs> Takes guys. everyone out. <laughs> he doesn't have a dark past. <laughs> he, he's a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, I was not not a fan mm. of the wrestling. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I wasn't. I wasn't opposed to that. No, it's a fine idea. I liked, but seeing thighs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some kind of fucking reward. Um, I don't remember what the hell happens. They get to pick. Uh oh! Crucial, crucial scene here. Um. Uh, <laughs> Yewan just, like, immediately takes Muscle Man over to the, the cafeteria and just hits on him, like, full bore. Okay, first <laughs> of all, all the girls were taking turns talking to Muscle Man. She didn't just take him out. But, but, but the obvious thing is, <laughs> no one else came close. No, no one could hold a candle to her. No, she was shining Oh my gosh, the chemistry between them was instant and hot. It was hot. Yes. <laughs> you wanted these people to be together. Like, immediately. It was it was the only part that was out of a K-drama that I liked. That I was like, this is some, <laughs> this is some fucking, like, just fireworks shit. My girl. My baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cut short. Um... Yes, it is sadly cut short. Uh, so three dudes who won the competition, uh, they get to go to paradise and try to pick yada 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 yada. Tattooed muscle man obviously picks Gia because of course he did. I hate that you say obviously because like I knew that he was going to pick her, but with that back and forth with him and Yewan. But you wanted, I, there's, there's a thing, there's that disconnect between what should be and what is. Because he went on that boat ride and it was dry as fuck with Gia. Yes. Uh, and yet he, and yet he persisted. <laughs> it's just, I'm so mad. But it's fine. But then earlier in the episode, um, Sehun was having another little discussion with the two new girls. <laughs> And he gets to go to paradise, so he gets to call out a name. And he <laughs> chooses <laughs> fucking Gia. <laughs> Why? 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 These other two women are literally throwing themselves at you. You know what's an incredibly attractive quality? Liking me. That's the most attractive thing I can think of. The most important thing. I think. I think that that's the most important thing. Reciprocation. 
is huge. Oh, you gotta respect him for his uh, diligence, maybe? No, you don't. You don't have to respect him. (laughs) So they all fly off. Episode 7 starts off. Everyone's on the island who's left. Minji is sad, clearly distraught at the fact that she was not chosen. (laughs) Oh, wait. We didn't say who the third couple was. Oh, I'm sorry. It uh, it's fucking uh, it's 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 mm-hmm. it's Jintek and and so, and so yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, again. But I have a theory. I think. He- <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I think he might have picked Jion had Sehun not picked her. I think he <laughs> might have. You just making shit up out of thin air. No, I hate him though. You don't hate him. No, I don't. You just want to. I like it. Um, it doesn't feel like yes. there's anything happening anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, f- the, the, it's the first time that Jion and Sehun have any kind of conversation that feels two-sided. Yes. Uh, which I assume is heavily aided by the alcohol. Well, you know, <laughs> L- lowers your inhibitions. <laughs> <laughs> Jintek and Soyeon attempt to clear up the series of miscommunications mm. and poor communications and him just kind of being a fuck boy. Uh, fuck boy, sure. Let's let's go with that. <laughs> um but it seems like they clear it they clear it right up. It seems like they work it out. Well, don't doesn't isn't that when they like sleep in the same bed? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that crucially happens. They get a massage. They sleep in the same bed. Uh, the hosts are scandalized and shocked. <laughs> Remember? Some of them are incredibly happy. <laughs> the one lady <laughs> the one lady was like, do you guys keep the cameras on all night? <laughs> I was like, ooh, good question, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he was so funny about it, though. Like, he didn't... <laughs> I'm getting in the bed now. I'm getting in. I'm gonna I'm gonna get in the bed with you. <laughs> it was cute. So, yeah, then they, everyone gets back, and the next game is horse riding. Except, in this case, the horses are the men. <laughs> who have to put the ladies on their back... And their their goal is to knock each other's hat off, while, of course, because this is Singles Inferno, standing in the high water. <laughs> there's, there's only challenges with water. Um, has to be knee high. Only up to your knees, though. <laughs> you don't have the budget for higher water. <laughs> the microphones and everything, you know. Uh, the winner is... Who the fuck wins this? G- wasn't it kind of well i don't this is the first time that gia didn't go right yes because it was because she got her shit wrong so young Gian, and who else <laughs> it wasn't yewa because <laughs> she had sweater vest who apologized before it even <laughs> began <laughs> he, he, he's like i'm so sorry <laughs> um minji Sumin? Sumin. Sumin? Jion. Soyeon. Okay. These are our three winners. Uh, Sumin, 
chooses uh she chooses sweater vest yes because they had that cute little moment while they were cooking and he called her useless yes <laughs> <laughs> it's cute Jion chooses say who again the redemption arc is happening <laughs> yeah <laughs> And by redemption art, I mean, girl, you're putting yourself in danger. <laughs> that man is not okay. I'm also still convinced that she only started liking him because other people came on and were like, like, liked him. Like, I don't think that... She's only into unavailable men. Yeah. Which, fair. <laughs> As a K-pop fan, I get it, but also... <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, Soyeon did that cute little where we thought she was going to pick new dude, and she didn't. (laughs) It's like, the guy sitting next to it, like, it was funny. I thought it was funny. Okay, so, they come back from paradise, nothing interesting happens. Uh, They have one last night of uh, drinking and talking where they ask awkward questions of each other. (laughs) That was super awkward. (laughs) I thought it was pretty funny. But then the moment comes, and all the women are lined up in an extraordinarily <laughs> unnecessarily long manner. It's like so they stupid. Have... <laughs> it's like a quarter mile between each girl. <laughs> so all the girls are lined up, and essentially the dudes come out one by one and stand next to the girl they're interested in. The girls don't get to pick. I still have an issue with no. this. No! <laughs> Well, they have, they have, I they guess they have the final say, which they can choose to reject right. any or all of the, the, the men, which I had, <laughs> I had Independent Women by Destiny's Child queued up just in case <laughs> as a drop. Uh, regrettably, nobody made that no. choice, which I was very sad about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, muscles, obviously, walks to Gia. Unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. uh, Catface walks up to Yewon. Sehun goes up to Jian. <laughs> uh, Shihun also goes up to Jia. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> but but that was awful. Mysterious muscled stranger also goes up to Jia. But Shihun, remember when he like stopped by Sumin and like we thought he was gonna stop? Yeah. Like that was. That was a that wild, was brutal, moment. and also a dick move. It was brutal. <laughs> and Simmons just sitting, and she had to like smile. I felt so bad for her at that moment. I was like, oh, girl. That was some savagery. It was. Um, Jintek goes to Soyeon, uh, and I believe that's it. So we've got three dudes with Gia. Everyone else is essentially paired off. <laughs> Two new girls have nothing no. to speak of. <laughs> <laughs> I think is kind of it clearly illustrates the failure of them not really planning out. Hey, we're going to introduce these no. new people halfway through as a twist. It's eight days, right? Or nine days? Like they—that's not enough time. No. to do anything. <sighs> when you cut that in half, they have four days to right. find someone compatible. <laughs> it was never going to happen. I do not understand how they made that call. I don't. I don't know either. It's like, it's an interesting, Um, like, it's an interesting thing to do. I don't necessarily hate, like, the adding in new people. I just don't like the way they did it. 
I don't think, I, I think it doesn't work with the format of like nine days. No, absolutely not. It needs to be a longer time period. Mm-hmm. And for the love of God, get better games, please. <laughs> um, so as things shake out, Soyeon and Jintek end up together. Jion and Serial Killer <laughs> end up together. Against Allah. Yewon and <laughs> Catface somehow end up <laughs> together. And Gia, of course, chooses the first guy she interacted with in a meaningful <laughs> sense. Muscles. Obviously, because it wasn't going to be Shihun, and Muscles just had no time. New Muscles. New Muscles had no time. Sorry, new, yeah, sorry. The Mysterious Stranger <laughs> had no time. I like how you said meaningful, and in my head I put quotes over, like, <laughs> I was like, meaningful. <laughs> as meaningful as you can get in the modern dating scene <laughs> so that's it that's the show that's everything that happens that's the uh what do we think about this goddamn show well i have some thoughts first Hit of me all with it. first of all yes you're right better games the challenges could have been a lot more fun <laughs> and you have you have like thirty seasons of Survivor. You can right. crib from any of them. It's easy. <laughs> I also think this whole thing should have been longer. I think they should have done like like fourteen days. I think two weeks would have been. I think two weeks would have been fine. I think that would have been great. Um, it was just it was so short. Again, adding the new people, it just felt out of place. I did. So like... I just cut to the part where he walks. He walks past Zoomin, and I'm like, "Damn, it's so damn." <laughs> the faces so on the commentators bad. are, are, are aghast. <laughs> they are aghast. Here's the thing: the commentators. At first, I was like, "I don't know about this." By the end of it, I was watching mostly for them. I loved them. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> they added like no- nothing of substance to the show, but. They were the crucial spice that, like, let they they allowed me to just just revel in the drama. Yes, I was like, oh, okay, I can be scandalized too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the crucial thing about it. It was so good. Um, camera work, I was, I loved. I was living for the camera work in this. Some of those shots. <laughs> are phenomenal <laughs> in terms of visual storytelling. <laughs> they really focused. Particularly the one where Jion is just sitting silently and, <laughs> and Sehun is engulfed in a cloud of smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. It's so good. Also Sehun sitting sitting where the pot's supposed to sit. Oh my god. <laughs> <when> they're cooking. <laughs> And just dejectedly just slouching over. And everyone just being like, oh my god, what is he doing? Everybody just laughed at him the entire time. Like It was amazing. I feel like people felt for him, but also like he just he just embodied all of his emotions. Like it was oh man. <laughs> he was wild. Uh I feel like Yewan was robbed. Absolutely. Um, of screen time. However, I think I think now that we're now that we're we're at the end of the show, mm-hmm. we can talk about the post show. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> we can talk about 
the intrepid internet sleuths that have been <laughs> keeping an eye on the comings and goings of of Yewon and the mysterious stranger. Okay, so. <laughs> With a dark past. First of all, they're friends on Instagram. Well, I mean, they're all kind of friends on Instagram, although I think that he might have unfriended Gia, maybe, after. Oh <laughs> yes. No, I don't think he did. I think Muscles. I think Muscles unfriended Gia. On, on well, unfollowed her on Instagram after her uh her bag brand name scandal. Let me just say that's a bunch of bullshit. It is a bunch of bullshit. I was I critical support. Gia is a boring ass character. Yeah, but god damn it, I like. I am more. defending her right to buy some fucking <laughs> <laughs> off brand fake brand shit. And I'm like, did she look good in it? Yes. Did she look better than you mm-hmm. in it? Yes. So leave her alone. Like. <laughs> Everyone does it. I've been to Dongmyo. There's <laughs> fake shit all over the goddamn place. And it's so cheap, you literally can't pass it up. Even if it is coming from a guy in a coat on a, like, with a weird stand on wheels. That's Fine. just going by. You buy that shit. Here's something on, something that I heard on TikTok. And that was this guy who talks about a lot of luxury brands. And then somebody came after him for using Nivea. And they're like, you wear Birkins, but you use Nivea. And he's like, a luxury product is only luxury if it works for you. So like, I'm putting, <laughs> I am applying that to all of my life now. So everything that I have is a luxury um, item. But that's how I feel about this. If you like the way that it looks <laughs> and it, <laughs> it does what it needs to do for your, like your outfit or your style, then it's luxury. And so what if they copied, I hate this whole, like, oh, they copied the artist, the artist. I'm like, those people are making so much money. Like this. It's not like they're taking from a small... I do not feel bad <laughs> for Coco Chanel right? or whatever one of her fucking thousand grandkids right? is going to be making money off actual Chanel sales. <laughs> give a fuck. Don't give one fuck. So yes, I stand Gia. I, I don't think she should have had to apologize for that. Like, Keep buying that fake shit. Love her. Go to Dongmyo. It's really great. <laughs> I get all my clothes from Dongmyo. Hear it here first, folks. And one of my girlfriends. What? <laughs> Nothing. Moving on. You bought somebody? So, that's it. Hmm? Now, this girl working there was, like, giving me outfit advice, and then we got to talking. Oh, my God. It's all that happened. <gasps> Did you get her number? Yeah. Well, cacao. But, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. We're moving on. Okay. <laughs> that is it for Singles Inferno. <laughs> I can now put this show to bed. Until season two comes out. It better come out. think about it again. (laughs) Until season two comes out. (laughs) I need a season two. So, it's it's 2022. Unfortunately, yes. It's the new year. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep the energy from, from the last episode where I didn't get to be a downer. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have, I have this article that I found. From uh, last year. Okay. And crucially, it is a, it is one of those peer-reviewed journal shits. <laughs> so it's gonna, it's gonna sound like that. Okay. But it's from Communication, Culture, and Critique by Camilo Diaz-Pino. Ooh. And I'm not gonna tell you the name of the article. Okay. I'm just gonna read it, and we're gonna go through what's, what's happening. <clears throat> 
The waning months of 2019 saw a distinct rupture in the politics of post-dictatorial neoliberalism that had defined the Chilean social landscape since the reestablishment of formal democracy in 1990. Sparked by a seemingly minor hike in public transit prices, a sudden wave of anti-neoliberal dissidents sprang up, quickly incorporating agendas as diverse as transgender rights, indigenous nationalism, pension reform, and expanded access to abortion. Faced with this sudden disruptive, multifaceted dissent, Chile's government sought to both understand and quell a situation that seemed to them to have come out of nowhere. So we're talking about Chile. Yeah, got that. Which, as you know, just got a new president, so all this shit really worked out. (laughs) Continuing. In response, the Chilean Ministry of the Interior and Public Security released a 112-page report on the problem of Chilean society's, quote, social rupturing on the 19th of December 2019. While the ministry's stated agenda was to find a way to address the various public grievances that had come to occupy the public sphere since October 2019, its underlying strategic intent was to find some concrete link between these events and an external entity to pin blame on. Mm. Since November, Chile's center-right president, Sebastián Piñera, himself caught completely off guard by these events, had insisted that foreign intervention, probably from Venezuela, Cuba, or Russia, had provoked the recent social rupture. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard that before. Mm -mm. I've never heard anyone blame Russia for anything. Oh my god. His administration then hoped that this report would expose the interference of foreign actors, <laughs> both quelling mainstream activism while isolating and delegitimizing its most fervent participants. Upon release, the report did identify certain areas of foreign visibility, though these were by and large not from the expected leftist-slash-communist political actors. Rather, this big data, as it was touted, scouring of Chilean social media, yielded another foreign entity correlating with Chile's most vocal anti-government political discourse. Korean pop music! (laughs) (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Both clumsily raised and widely ridiculed, the government's linking of K-pop to Chile's social problems did nonetheless make some tactical sense in looking for markers of foreignness in their report to pin the social breakdown on, Piñera's administration was following well-established practices. By folding K-pop in with social unrest, they appealed to both the xenophobia and disdain for youth culture expected of their conservative base. (laughs) (laughs) BTS is to blame. Such framing can, in this way, be seen as an attempt to frame this phenomena primarily as a culture war, rather than a political conflict rooted in embedded structural, historical, and legislative issues. (laughs) Classic, classic conservative shit. (laughs) Also, now I can, now I can say, now I can say what the title of this. The title of this article is a quote from the, uh, from the aforementioned, uh, Report, and that is, quote, K-pop is rupturing Chilean society. (laughs) I love this. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. 
And I love that it was in a report, an official government report. <laughs> K-pop is destroying our way of life. <laughs> They're dancing. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Thanks, (laughs) K-pop. I mean, (laughs) I didn't expect K-pop to be the, like, uh, anarchist, really. (laughs) Um, But here we are. (laughs) Let's... Let's let's keep going. Uh, Despite repeated public defenses by the administration, this report has been widely mocked as both a fiasco and boondoggle, placing the government on the defensive almost immediately. Its conclusions were repudiated across the political spectrum and the judicial community as evidence of incompetence and a willful misunderstanding of the situation, which, correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Among other scathing responses, one outcome of this report was the defiant embracing of K-pop by the activists themselves, with multiple K-pop-themed protests organized in the days following the report's release. (laughs) So all the actual communists were just like, K-pop is destroying society, and we love it! (laughs) I would absolutely be there. I would absolutely go to that Right. This contrarian embracing of K-pop corresponds well with Chile's wider anti-neoliberal popular responses, at once ludic in tone, serious in their grievances, and syncretic in their incorporation of references, agendas, and participants. Piñera's administration had effectively transformed K-pop into the same tool of dissent that they had framed it as. (laughs) Yes! Yes! In trying to stigmatize anti-government sentiment with linkages to youth subcultures and visibly foreign media, it however revealed to what extent this cultural import was able to be embraced by a much broader base than they assumed, perhaps suggesting a deeper integration of K-pop into the Chilean (laughs) cultural imaginary as a whole (laughs) than they or we might have otherwise perceived. (laughs) That's gotta be so embarrassing! We created this monster. This is so stupid. So I'm, I'm going to skip some portions and go down to this one part that I think is interesting. Chile's activist culture in the past has demonstrated an established proclivity for the adoption of such global pop culture objects. This corresponds with the wider integration of both trans-regional and global, global cultural flows in the national mediascape. On any given day, Chile's terrestrial TV channels incorporate programming from Brazil, Mexico, Colombia, Korea, Turkey, Japan, and the U.S., among others. The radio landscape likewise prominently features foreign imports and content not in Spanish. In this sense, Korean media is not a uniquely foreign presence in the Chilean cultural imaginary. The issue raised then by the Chilean government's report is that K-pop is implicitly, implicitly the wrong kind of foreign. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this basically just goes on to talk about uh, the different ways in which Korean society or Korean culture has inter- interacted with Chile as well as Chile's like history of using pop cultural symbols like Pikachu and Spider-Man. Because uh, <laughs> there was one guy who came to one of the protests like a couple years back just dressed as Spider-Man. So he just became known as the Spider-Man guy. <laughs> Spider-Man fucking loves this shit. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, he was he was nicknamed Estupido y Sensual Spider-Man <laughs> or Stupid Sexy Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I I want to then just jump to the end. Okay. Where it kind of talks about why this is working in Chile and things that we can learn. Okay. Uh from from this this movement. The consolidation of the neoliberal world order during the 1990s touted the concept of globalization by creating a disingenuous equivalence between global transcultural transculturation, and the deregulation of private global economic exchange. So it says these two things are the same thing. Mm -hmm. Conveniently, this perspective framed opposition to global market deregulation as a movement entrenched in retrograde nationalism and dangerous tribalism. Mm. This rhetorical turn was a product of the politics it emerged from, Cold War divisions of state power and the stratification of the world along the categories supplied by the supposed first, second, and third worlds. With the emergence of a unipolar, global, hegemonic system, integration into the capitalist fold could be presented less as an imperialism than a utopian integration of peoples. All the more so if it occurred first and foremost at the depoliticized level of commerce, rather than through overt state conquest. It is within this context that K-pop emerged as a globally trafficked cultural commodity, at once imminently mobile and commercial, and marked by the fact that it was part of a new crop of media objects circulating not as a reflection of top-down economic power and cultural empire, but as a reflection of a presumably multipolar world. Several years later, these same logics and affordances would allow K-pop's re-articulation as a tool of anti-neoliberal activist discourse in Chile and racial justice in the United States. Given sorry, <laughs> I'm all burpy. Given the accelerated pace at which cycles of excorporation and incorporation have merged amid the advent of digital convergence culture, it should not be a revelation to us that the vernacular systems of popular appropriation being seen here with cultural objects such as K-pop, Pikachu, and Spider-Man should work so quickly and effectively in their assertion of popular ownership and power over these objects. Phenomena such as these represent a pivotal step in the popular history of neoliberal globalization, as seen from its multiple multiple peripheries. The externalizing logics of global capital have the effect of manufacturing crisis, even as they position themselves as the solution to structural inconsistencies and exclusions of all kinds. Which, yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, there's no greater, like, example of this than than being, like, we're going to use market solutions <laughs> to defeat climate change. The problem <laughs> that only arose because of the market. Right. <laughs> <sighs> this is fascinating. Given the timeline of neoliberals' imposition around the world towards the end of the last century, fractures such as those occurring in Chile can only likewise accelerate and amplify the vast inadequacies of neoliberal structures. Lead... What? Or, wait, what? Oh, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let me try that again. Given the timeline of neoliberals' imposition around the world towards the end of the last century, fractures such as those occurring in Chile can only likewise accelerate and amplify as the vast inadequacies of neoliberal structures lead to increasing inequality, dysfunctional social systems, and intertwined systems of exploitation and exclusion. This is something brought to bear even more visibly in the wake of COVID-19's global spread. And this is the part that I think is... While I do believe that there are productive uses for these evaluations, these need to be considered with some key caveats. As their acts of civil disobedience illustrate, Chile's anti-neoliberal activists have had several key advantages in their efforts to both disrupt and challenge the systems being addressed. For one, the rolling waves of protests that emerged since the imposition of Pinochet's regime in 1973 have now created a robust culture of praxis with regard to the tactics and logistics of national protest. Chilean activists have developed semi-formal divisions of labor, with the first line of shielded protesters, mostly hardened teens, forming only one wing of a much larger network, including medics and other support personnel. Activists and societies not encultured along these lines are nowhere near as able to maintain sustained efforts on this scale, though as these protests themselves demonstrate, such activities can become a facet of popular culture more quickly than we might imagine. The state of the United States between 2020 and 2021 might be a testament to this. Perhaps even more importantly, the Chilean people have, despite all efforts to the contrary, demonstrated a strong vein of cultural memory-keeping that both remembers and continuously re-evokes the agendas and ethical foundations of Allende's popular unity government, even as it attaches these to new cultural vehicles, agendas, and identities. This has provided the current moment with a fundamental paradigm, a project to evoke, and an imagined future to work towards. It is because of the solid core that so many external semiotic elements can be continuously integrated, reinterpreted, and mobilized within the wider movement. As neoliberal systems continue to fracture elsewhere, the capacity to make use of such tools will depend on counterpublic's ability to re-evoke or newly create such propositional frameworks. Their survival will depend on the extent to which they are able to grasp a paradigm to build on, rather than to simply one to work against. As with Chilean activists' own sudden political mobilization of media objects from Korea, Japan, and elsewhere, alongside those of the U.S.'s pop culture, such associative frameworks may right now be latent in other social contexts as well, simply waiting to be thrust into visibility and action. From a cultural studies perspective, uh, these such ruptures are fascinating for the ways in which they transform the popular life of these objects, even as they shed light on the latent values and meanings they held before being mobilized. So, I think the thing that I... I as fascinating is 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 this bit where they talk about the key advantages that they have, which is a robust decades long cultural experience of knowing how to do protests yeah. on a vast and sustained level, which is something that we in America have not had for a long time. Like we used to be able to do things like that. Yes. Like there were you know, strike waves that were able to coordinate and sustain themselves long enough to actually, you know, win. Right. When they weren't being fucking bombed and shit like that. Wow. <laughs> but but our culture has largely abandoned the concept of unions and abandoned the concept of anything that could be described as popular protests beyond standing in a square and yelling about a thing, which is not is not just a, a criticism of the left. The right does the exact same thing. I mean, Absolutely. look at fucking like <laughs> look at look at January sixth as as a simple example. A oh my god, 
a right wing that has more experience and a, a more committed and intelligent backbone behind it could have absolutely used that. Oh, yeah. To gain a massive foothold into power. Instead, it was just a bunch of people breaking <laughs> into a giant building, kind of just wandering around for a while. <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> that was embarrassing. But, I mean, we also have, we also saw, you know, K-pop fans in the United States uh, <laughs> mobilizing against the right wing. Yeah. Like that time everyone, like that time everyone reserved a bunch of Trump tickets and then made the rally <laughs> just a piece of shit where no one showed up. <laughs> it was a glorious moment. It was a beautiful it was thing. So good. It was so fun. Also, like, can we just acknowledge that Gen Z is just wild? Love them. They're fucking. They're glorious. I'm a little scared of them, Although, but I, but I like them. Some of them are obviously very stupid, but that's well, yeah, they're fine. Every generation has those. <laughs> they're also like still like little. <laughs> <laughs> like not that they don't know things but like they're, they're just you know but no it's it's 2022 there are people drinking there are people of drinking shut age that have never seen what a world trade center looks like <laughs> <laughs> i can't do they're this they're not as young as you think they, they are, are they are and that's how i will choose to live that's how i will and you will choose to be exactly like the other generations were towards us yeah you have to embrace them. I do embrace them, but I also embrace that they are young and I'm not old. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Thank sure. you. Anyway, I think probably the most um, the most demonstrated, I don't even know if you can necessarily call it, I mean, I guess it is, that George Floyd Square has been pretty, I think it's it's still like closed off, I think. I don't know if they've gotten into it yet. But, like, there are people kind of just holding it down there, <clears throat> keeping the police out and stuff. Mm. And um, within that community, having, you know, access to medical things and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's probably the most most organized, I guess, and well thought through sort of protest that we have going. But, yeah, as, as a whole, I, it's, just, it's just not. I think we're going to get back there, though, with as many mm. many protests that go on. It's like people are just like. Like, our age and younger are just learning about how to protest. Like, what we need to bring, what I don't need to bring. Um, <laughs> how are we going to do this without being stopped? And also recognizing that there are ways to uh, contribute to a protest without necessarily being right. the black block on the front lines getting punched by police. Right. There are other ways, uh, support roles mm -hmm. that you can play that play a massive part in keeping the momentum going, keeping things running in a manner that allows it to actually accomplish whatever goal it's Absolutely. trying to achieve. I think the biggest thing in, in America is our, our sense of individualism that we have to get over to have, uh, to have a working pro like <laughs> for, for that to work, we have to get over that sense of self and be more of a community. And I think that's going to be the hardest thing for us. <laughs> It's so ingrained yeah, I mean, in our culture. When it, when it, it's not just ingrained in our culture. It is the literal it is our culture. DNA yeah. of American society. <laughs> <laughs> it's the blueprint. So. But yeah, I just wanted to, to read that article and then amazing. see what you thought. Because I thought, one, hilarious opener. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> 
But two, I think it actually had uh, interesting things to say. And for anyone who's actually interested in these things, there are plenty of resources out there. Plenty of, interestingly enough, mostly anarchist resources out there <laughs> that can give you a tremendous insight into protests, how to do it correctly. For dummies, 101. Um, so I would recommend looking into those. Yeah. You got anything else? You know, I, I don't. I don't think I have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Singles Inferno has drained me. I- I have nothing left to give. <sighs> all right, on to the next one, which is all of us are dead. Let's do no, this. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not watching it. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's a Korean show. How scary can it be? Very scary. <laughs> It's a Korean show. It's a banana, Michael. How much could it cost? (laughs) (sighs) They just better. They just better drop season two of Singles Inferno. That's all. That's all I ask. That's. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. You're going to be waiting for a while for that. And you still ended the show on a downer. (laughs) Only if you're a fan of that show. For everyone else, it's like, oh, thank God, some respite. Whatever. Is it respite or respite? I, I think know. it's respite, but I I also thought that facade was pronounced facade for a very long time. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for admitting that on there. <laughs> Till next time, I've been Rain and I've been Brittany. <laughs> Twitter. We're on Spotify. Oh. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Don't. Fo- what? Should we pull out of Spotify? That's the move right now. Everybody's pulling out of Spotify. We have a really big Shit, listener how do I base. Spotify. <laughs> Shit. Let's threaten them. Say, take Joe Rogan off the air, or we're no, pulling I'm, our podcast. I'm thinking we should lean. No, we lean the opposite way. Next episode is just going to be an hour and a half of me saying the N word to Brittany over and over History month. This podcast <laughs> critically supports Joe Rogan's ability to say hard on. <laughs> I mean, if he's getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars, then I want to cut it out. Frankly, I prefer. I instead of saying the word the N-word, I like calling it a hard R. Hard R. <laughs> <laughs> just just dropping hard R's. <laughs> that does make it sound like edgier. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it needs. The N-word just needs a good rebranding, and it's back. It's back, baby. (laughs) He's gentrifying the (laughs) N-word. Oh, my God. (laughs) We are... uh, Next week's episode, we will be auctioning off the N-word as an NFT. Listen, we'd make a lot of money off that. <laughs> Depressingly, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Um Bye. Bye. <laughs>